What is up, everybody, and happy Tennessee Volunteers game day. Ball State, the day is finally here. September the 1st, been waiting on this day for quite some time for a number of reasons, but it's finally football time in Tennessee, and Tennessee's going to take on Ball State coming up later tonight. Cardinals at 7 o'clock Eastern time, and of course, that game's going to be on the SEC Network. I'm Eric Kane, and I want to welcome you guys into a brand new game day podcast we're calling the VFL Players Lounge. Big thanks to the Volunteer Club, powered by Spire Sports, for making this happen. And each week, we are going to bring in a couple of VFLs, and we're going to preview the game. We're going to talk a lot about Tennessee, talk a lot about you know what's going on in the world of uh, Tennessee athletics and, and within that locker room and all that type. And, of course, break down the matchup uh, each and every day. And, of course, today we are breaking down uh, who is Ball State. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring on our guys for uh, this week's show, we've got Todd Kelly Jr. and Jack Jones. Guys, thanks so much for uh, joining us here today on the first installment of the VFL Players Lounge. Thanks for having yeah. us, Eric. Yeah, Absolutely. thanks for having us, Eric. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I know a lot of the uh, a lot of the people on the side have been looking forward to this, and we, we've been kind of teasing it for the last couple of days. So, uh, you know, Jack, I'll, I'll I'll start with you, man. I mean, it's it's game one. It's uh. You work just like in every profession, you know, we cover the team. So all year around, you start talking football and then you're finally here. But obviously playing the game, uh, you, you work out, you train and, the, and then you know, blink of an eye. It's here. What's uh, you know, what, what's that morning of game day that that first game day of each uh, each year? What, what's that feeling like? Man, it's, you know, um, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't some nerves there, especially for, you know, the young guys that haven't gone through the T, um, haven't done the ball walk. I mean, I'll never forget my first my first game day. Um, it's an incredible experience, and I'm, you know, I'm one of those people that, you know, we can preview and talk a lot about what we got going on, but it's really kind of like, all right, it's game one. This is where the proof is in the pudding. This is where we see what we got. So, um, as a fan, I'm excited for that because you know, like like you said, we've been talking, we've been you know saying this, saying that, and now it's kind of like, all right, here we go. Let's see what we got going. But um, you know, I'm I'm really just looking to see see us execute and be dominant. You know, this is a ball state team that we should handle, I think pretty easily. Um, and I want to see us go out there and do it and be able to rest our guys up for week two, um, by the fourth quarter. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting, man. I'm excited. TK, same question for you, man. It's, uh, it's gotta be a unique feeling. And I mean, obviously your playing days are, are in the review mirror now, but do you still kind of on mornings like this kind of wake up and kind of get that, that feeling like, Oh, it's, it's game day. You know, Eric, this morning they're realizing they can hit somebody else that's not in orange or white. I know when I saw Jack Jones in training camp every single day, I said, when is the day going to be when I can hit another color jersey? <laughs> and so, uh, you know, my time is safety. Like you said, uh, my playing days are, are long gone. Um, I like sitting in the stands and watching them. Um, and I'm excited for them today. I think this is an opportunity. I think this team obviously has a lot of expectations, as is every Tennessee football team coming into the season. But I think today can be a statement game where they can put it on early and often. And similar to like Jack said, uh, keeping this team healthy is is definitely the main thing. But, um, you know, I definitely know that that defense is probably ready to play another offense. Um, and they're probably very well conditioned after this summer. <laughs> So uh, I'm definitely glad I didn't have to practice against that offense every day. But I guess Josh didn't make it any easier when we practiced. But, uh, 
man, I'm, I'm excited for him. It's a great opportunity today, and I think they're going to give it to him, no doubt. You something you just mentioned there, and I, I think this is a real feeling. I mean, I, we know camp is, is is not what it used to be, even when you guys were playing, and before that, it was a lot tougher, and uh, the the rules have changed a little bit. But still, you're practicing against the same guys, your teammates, you know, twice a day, every day, or once a day, walk through here, you know, all that type of stuff. There gets to a point in training camp where you're just you're over it. It's time to play some football. How real is that feeling, Jack? Yeah, I mean, Todd just nailed it. He said, you know, you get tired of hitting those those same guys over and over again. And honestly, for me, I was like, you know, kind of ready to not go against Derek Barnett anymore and pass pro one on ones. I, mean, I bet. Um, uh, but seriously, though, yeah, it's it's you know, these guys are going to be foaming at the mouth. I mean, they're ready to hit the hit an op- opposite uh, uniform, and also like they've been. You got to think, Ball State has been you know, they've been focused on week one for a long time. So um, I know they're ready to go. Um, yeah, it's exciting, man. I think this is going to be a great breakout year for the Vols. I do. I really do. I think our offense is going to be really explosive. So um, I'm really looking for us to put up some numbers against Ball State. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's that's what's going to happen here in the next couple hours. Um, just kind of where it is. And we'll, we'll get down a little bit to the nitty gritty of Ball State. And we'll we'll kind of break down what that team is to the best of our ability. Cause again, this is game one. Nobody's had tape so far this season. This is kind of just going off the guys who played last year and all that. And as the season goes on, it'll get easier, of course. But you just said, you know, scoring points, being explosive on offense, you know, TK, year two with Josh Heupel, not necessarily just the offense, but the team overall, right? Um, great 180 from last year to this year or from two years ago to last year. Uh, what is a, a next step for this football team? What are these expectations for the Vols uh, here in year number two of the Josh Heupel uh, regime? Yeah, well, number one, I think, is, um, you know, have leaders that, that step up, which we saw last year, but uh, continual leadership. Um, you know, I went to a practice this past summer and, you know, saw Hendon really, really coaching up those guys, and, and they're really following him on the offensive side and on the defensive side, whether it's, you know, TB coming off the edge or, or Jeremy Banks, you know, lining up that defense or, or Trey Flowers in the back, um, you know, those, those guys have, have been through other coaches, but, uh, you know, it's about being one unit all together and coming together, together collaborative, collaboratively, um, you know, offense, defense, special teams, and uh, playing for 60 minutes. I think a lot of us were really, really disappointed with the ball game last year. So I think they have a bad taste in their mouth coming into this season saying, you know what? Um, we've got these expectations from the fans. We have these expectations of ourselves, and we worked our tails off all summer. And so today is the day to show it, um, not just today, but for the rest of the season. So I think starting off on the right foot today and, you know, hitting Ball State square in the mouth for 60 minutes, um, whether that's the first stringers the whole game or the first stringers coming out and those second and third string players coming in and, and getting some experience early on. But I think the main key is to, you know, make sure they have that collaborative effort the entire season. You know, you mentioned something right there about how this team struggled to finish football games at points in times last season. And you guys know as well as anybody how important depth is for a football team offensively, defensively. There's got to be more than just the 11 out there. Jack, I think in year two, Tennessee has, has done a nice job uh, creating some of that depth. And we'll truly find out, you know, tonight, next week, and, and so on throughout September where this team has some depth. But I, I think that. At points in times last year, of course, the numbers on the roster with the transfer portal and the coaching change, and there were a lot of contributing factors, but 
know, they didn't have any linebacker depth. They had no secondary depth. Um, surprisingly, they didn't have much depth on the offensive line, but they made it work. Um, I, I feel like that's going to be a little bit different in, in year two. And, and if it is, I mean, I, I feel like that would make a world of difference for the Tennessee football team. Yeah, I think um, depth is huge. I mean, I don't want to talk about, you know, our era of football, but that was a big thing that we had. You know, we had a lot of good players, but we we didn't have a lot of great depth when I was at UT. And that was one of the things we struggled to get over that hump. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's a big part of this season. It's kind of one of those things that you can't really control is, is can this team stay healthy? Um, and that's why I think it's important for, like, you know, Ball State, you get a good chance to – to run it up on them, get some guys in there, see your depth. If guys are fighting or, you know, jockeying for a position still, you can kind of get a clear cut view of, of who needs to be that guy. Um, and then get your guys out of there. I mean, just take care of business. And uh, I think that's, that's most important for ball state staying healthy, you know, winning on all three phases of the game. Like, you know, with special teams, we got a veteran special team um, kickers and punters. Like you want to see those guys go out there and execute and there not be any hiccups there. The little things like that is what I'll be looking for week one. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be messy. It, it always is week one. And like you said, you don't really know what you're going to get. You could be, We could be thinking they're going to run an even front all, all offseason and they come out there in an odd front. That tends to be what happens with these early games. But um, it'll, be, it'll be cool to see how the, the, the boys uh, adapt. And, um, like I said, just trying to be smooth on all, all the uh, controllables, you know, our kicking, our punting, our special teams, um, having all the right guys that, out there, being in the right personnel, subbing in, subbing out. Those are the things I really want to see us execute on. That's what a championship football team does. The other little things, you're going to work those out as the season goes on. But that's what, you know, and, and also, like, I want to see the guys getting after it. Um, you know, that stadium is going to be rocking. You know, the best thing that could happen would be us go out there, put up some points early, and, you know, get that fan base going because that's just going to lead in and carry over to the next season uh, or next next week. So yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, that was well said. And, and I think it's sometimes it's difficult to, um, you know, truly kind of figure some things out in a game like this. And, and, and I understand and not to bring up, you know, past wounds. You know, we all remember what happened in 2019. I, I get it. Um, but typically, you know, the, these quote unquote cupcake games to begin the season, um, you play a whole lot of guys, like you said, Jack, you want to get out of there, you know, injury free and you, you want to see the little things like that. But from a player's perspective, you're, uh, you're focused on it. You're fo well, I was going to sorry, you're, you're focused on it. I, I don't want to be like, hey, we're worried about week two. You're focused mm -hmm. on week one. But as just like, you know, big, big picture looking down, you want to see them get through, get through there with no injuries, win on all three phases of the game, dominate, execute and um, control the controllables. Yeah, TK, would you add anything to that, man, in, in a game where it's an expected blowout, but obviously you're not taking your opponent lightly? Like, what do you want to get out of a game kind of like this, maybe from a, a defensive perspective, or is it a lot, a lot what uh, Jack just said? Yeah, I think Jack's spot on. Um, just to add on a little bit, um, when it comes to, you know, minimizing those those mental efforts or, you know, the, those, those mental errors um, and correcting those. So, um, you know, week one today – we don't really know much about Ball State. And, uh, you know, they can switch up their tactics, whatever that may be. It's a whole new team. But guess what? Same with us on this end. So, you know, I think this team has the, the great opportunity today to, to show us as, as Ball fans and the rest of the country um, who we are. When that AP Top 25 came out, I didn't see the Tennessee Balls. And so, um, you know, I, I think with that in mind, this team's coming in like, hey, you know, I've, I'm only promised one game. 
Because I know when I got injured, uh, you know, I realized, hey, it's only one game at a time. I'm not promised next week. And so I think a lot of these guys, uh, you know, they're coming in with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, we get to play in Neyland. Neyland's going to be rocking. Uh, we've got new guys that come in. It's going to be their first game. I remember my first game, and, uh, you know, that's all I could think about. So today, that's the only thing on their mind. It's the only thing that should be on their mind. Um, and, you know, it's 60 minutes. you got to get the job done. It's 11 versus 11. No matter what that other team's name is, you got to get it done. Um, there's no win beside Tennessee Volunteers yet. So you got to get it done. You mentioned 2019, um, you know, the sour taste. That, that can happen. And so I think if we do overlook this team, um, although I think we'll, you know, blow them out, uh, you got to get the job done. You got to score those points. You got to make those tackles. Um, and I think that's what they want to do today. TK, what's it, what's it uh, feel like for you on the outside now when that tee opens and they run through it? What, what's, the, what's the feelings that go through you when you watch that in person or on television now post-playing days? It's awesome. Uh, you know, my last time running through the team, my last home game, uh, you know, Kurt Majit reached out. He said, man, this is your last game. I, I want you to do something. I want you to, you know, kind of get towards the back and take it all in. And thankfully he told me that because I did. I took it all in. And I remember all the times I ran through the tee and sometimes between the, you know, between that first time and that last time, you know, I almost took it for granted. And now that I'm on the other end, you know, a lot of kids get to do it for the first time today. And uh, wow, man, if I could do it again. I saw the cool simulation where they had the, the video camera running through where everybody could actually experience it for the first time. And that doesn't even do it justice. Uh, you know, you've actually got the helmet on. You got your pads. You're wearing that jersey for the first time. With, you know, with your name on the back, your last name that you carried. You want to represent your family well, but you got that T on your chest. It's your first time wearing it. You made the decision. You had plenty of other opportunities to go elsewhere, but you wanted to run through the T. And you're finally there. You know, you saw it as a recruit. Saw it as a recruit. But now you're strapped up, ready to go. And so, uh, it, it you can tell how I'm excited I'm getting. Yeah, you're getting it's, me fired up over here, CK. Uh, it, 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 it's pretty spectacular. And uh, maybe they need to come in to allow me to talk to the recruits to tell them that. Because it's true, <laughs> man. Uh, you know, it gets you fired up. It gets you going. Uh, you know, you hear, you hear the national anthem going in. You hear the fans riled up while you're in that tunnel. Um, you know, I could go on and on. But uh, in the day, once you run out that tee, it's game on. So uh, I'm excited to see them run through the tee tonight and uh, and get it done, man. Jack, hey, the floor is yours, man. Take take it over. I know you're wanting to talk here that whole thing. Man, um, I think it was well said by TK. Um, I think even more so, and TK is the same way as me, for two guys that grew up as Tennessee fans, like before I was a recruit, before I was a player, um, it just meant so much to me every time I didn't take it for granted. Um, I would do it again in a heartbeat, but uh, it's awesome. I felt like I had the first time I felt like I had cinder blocks tied to my feet when I was running out there, but uh, I was trying not to trip and fall, but just all the lights flashing. Um, it was Oklahoma. It was checkered. It was, it was incredible. Actually that picture up top behind me is, is the first time I ran out. And um, well, I mean, I see that every day. So like, it's something that, uh, yeah, you know, you got the power tee on your chest. You, you got your your name and your legacy on your back, and you're going out there to, to battle with your boys. It's game time, so there's nothing like it. I was actually asked recent. I, I get asked all the time, you know, what was the coolest venue you played in? And before I even answer, I'm like, you're going to think this is biased, but nothing is better than Neyland Stadium on a Saturday night. Place is rocking. Um, 
and you know that's played at Bristol, play at AM, playing at Georgia. I mean, there's nothing really like it. So yeah, these recruits that have seen it, it's their time to shine. And um, for guys like Kenan Hooker, man, I'm just really looking forward to seeing those guys go out there and ball, man, and, and show out because they deserve it. Awesome, awesome. All right, we're going to dive into the matchup a little bit, and then we're going to get the expertise uh, on the offensive line from Jack and, and the secondary here from TK. Uh, all that coming up here in just one moment. But first, a message from the Volunteer Club powered by Spire Sports. The game has changed and Spire Sports is here. With name, image, and likeness arriving, your orange fandom can now be put into action. Visit thevolunteerclub.com and become a member. 90% of every dollar generated through the Volunteer Club, powered by Spire, will go directly to athletes to improve the student-athlete experience at Tennessee. It's not just about winning the next game. It's about next season. It's about the next generation. It's about the Tennessee legacy. Join at thevolunteerclub.com. That's thevolunteerclub.com. We'll go back into the VFL Players Lounge, uh, powered by the Volunteer Club and Spire Sports. Really excited to get this new uh, podcast up and running, the first installments. Uh, real quick, I'll look at Ball State quickly. I, I don't think we'd be doing it justice if we didn't talk about Ball State a little bit, at least what we know about this team. Um, you know, Last season, they were 6-7, and seven, uh, seventh year under the head coach, Mike New, but looking to go to three straight bowl games. They were actually the 2020 of Mac conference champions. So uh, that was a, a surprise for them that year, but they had a really, really solid year. The projected quarterback is John Paddock, uh, has some experience, didn't play a whole lot in 2021. They bring back two talented wide receivers offensively. They didn't run the ball awfully well uh, in 2021, about 3.8 yards per carry, um, only 130 yards on the ground per game in 2021. So that's uh, that was obviously ninth in the conference. Uh, in in the MAC, but they do return their two top running backs from that team, so an area of concern. The offensive line returns two experienced starters, uh, both at the off the tackle position. So if you're going to be experienced, you'd rather be on the exterior there at the offensive tackles. They allow 24 sacks, um, only 24 sacks. So I mean that was that was a pretty good mark. That was actually second best in the conference from 2021. Uh, 24.1 points per game. That's ninth in the MAC a season ago. Defense surrender 28.4 points per game. Uh, fifth in the conference, 419 yards per game. That was eighth in the conference. A little bit stouter defensively. Uh, gave up 243 yards per game, um, which uh, through the air, which was you know not not fantastic whatsoever. Clayton Call, linebacker, had over 100 tackles. He returns. Uh, they return a safety that was a pretty good player. Had two interceptions and 60 tackles. And they get after the quarterback with Travion Woodward on the edge, who had five sacks and eight TFLs. And they also added a transfer from Michigan State's uh, in Kyle King. So uh, that's kind of what we know. We'll learn a lot more about Ball State coming up, uh, you know, just in a couple hours, coming up a little bit later. But, you know, TK, one of the big question marks coming into this season was what's the secondary going to look like? You, Theo Jackson, all-conference player left, Delonte Taylor drafted to the NFL in the second round. You know, cornerbacks, you got two veteran safeties coming back, but they've got to play better. Um, who's going to take over at star? You know, in conversation that you've been having with people on campus and, you know, former players and everybody in the know, kind of what what have you what are you thinking about this uh, this secondary units and uh, what are you ex who are you excited to see play uh, coming up tonight? Yeah, well, that's a great question that everybody has and all people want to talk about is this offense. But, uh, you know, the defense has to go out there and, and get it done. I think there's no secret to that. And I think they know from a defensive back standpoint that they've got a target on their back as well. 
Um, and, and they know what everybody's saying, and they know the improvement that they have to have on that back end. Uh, with Willie Martinez running them back there, he actually coached me while I was at the University of Tennessee. Um, you know, he, he's been working them boys all, all summer. And so I think that we'll see a, a transition, no doubt, when it comes to, to tackling, number one. And then number two is playmaking. Uh, obviously, you return Jalen McCullough, Trayvon Flowers. Uh, you know, Trey's wearing one, Jalen's wearing two. The one-two package back there, free safety, strong safety. So they've got that collaboration, uh, but it's going to come down to communicating between each other and then to the corners. And uh, also, as you know, you got the star position as well. They put Theo in that position. Um, whoever's been in that position recently at University of Tennessee, uh, they've thrived. And so I think it's going to be huge this year. I think as people continue to spread it out and put it in the air, you mentioned Ball State averaged 3.8 yards per game on the ground. Uh, you know, I don't think they expect to run on this defense as well. So I think it's going to be a challenge for them tonight to put it in the air. And we're going to see if they make plays or not. You know, with those 50-50 balls, we got to come down for some and give the ball back to Hendon in the offense. So I think, uh, you know, having the veterans in the back back end, having those safeties collaborate together, and, uh, you know, whoever's out there on the corner, whether it's Warren Burrell, whether it's Hayden, uh, you know, we've got guys that can make plays. It's just putting them in particular opportunities and, uh, you know, getting that D-line back there to pass rush. Most of my interceptions happened because that D-line was back there getting things done. I wasn't back there you know, in coverage for five, six seconds. The ball was getting out quick, and I was able to make plays. So I think they want to make plays. I think they want to make those tackles that they're supposed to make. And uh, that's going to be the difference between us winning and losing ball games, not just tonight, but throughout the season. Let me ask you this, man, um, and you're exactly right. It's all tied in. I mean, if you can consistently, and that's something that, that's a challenge for the Tennessee defense this year to consistently get out for the passer from from the front four. Now, they did pretty well getting after the passer by bringing a guy from the second or third level last year, but then that puts you guys on an island in the back end running in man coverage a lot of the times. Um, it, it's all tied in. You look at a guy like Warren Burrell. He's been pretty much a three-year starter, man. He's played a whole lot of football. He, he's a pretty decent football player. Didn't finish the year off, obviously, well. I mean, you know, we, we know about that. A guy like Warren Burrell, you know, what does he need to do? Is it just getting back out there and playing? Like, like how does he need to kind of get out of that slump to where he kind of ended the last couple of games of last season? Well, I'll tell you, he wears number four, and the number four that he's been going against on the other end is pretty darn good. <laughs> so if that doesn't get you better, then I don't know what will. Um, so I think he he took it upon himself, you know what, to go against the best in practice every day. That's going to get you better. Uh, you know, when I was back there, I saw Cam Sutton guarding Josh Malone. They're both in the league. Um, so I think if you're, gar if you're guarding league-caliber players, you can't really prepare for anything more other than that. Um, so I think he's challenged himself uh, individually. I had a conversation with him, and you know, I told him, I was like, man, you didn't realize time would fly by this fast, did you? And he said, you told me when I got here, and, and now look. So I think he takes it as a challenge. Um, if anybody's out there you know, with those one-on-one -on -one deals, that's one of the hardest positions to play in, mm -hmm. in football. But uh, you know, I think he's an athlete. I think he's gotten better. He's gotten stronger. Um, he's quick, agile. He's been working on his footwork a lot this offseason. So I'm excited for him. I am. But it, it, it's not about one person in the secondary. Uh, you know, they got to collaboratively come together and, and play as one unit. And when one person makes a mistake, guess what? Next play. Because you can get burnt on one play and next play, turn it around and get the ball back. So I think just having that short-term memory, uh, because that's hard sometimes. And, you know, you get on yourself a lot. But 
snap and clear mentality. That's what you got to have, and that's what our back end has to have this year. Look back over on the offensive end, and uh, Jack, this offensive line, uh, it was really incredible what it was able to do last season. Um, you know, with the injuries to Cooper Mays, and he was in out, in out lineup, sliding Jerome Carvin down, who did a fine job, but is is better at guard than he is at center, especially in the tempo offense. But you know, having Ollie Lane step in, Jackson Lampley step in, Kingston Harris step in, missing Cade Mays for uh, you know four or five games out of the season. And what this offense and this offensive line was stable, still able to do, top 10 offense in the country, broke eight school records. Well, you returned four or five starters from that group. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think a strong point of this offense needs to be the offensive line. Gave up too many sacks last year, but I, I think Tennessee feels really good about what they have uh, coming back up front this year. Yeah, I, uh, I've, I've actually was able to spend some time with the O-line guys uh, back when I came back for the spring game this past year. Um, I didn't, we didn't, I mean, I planned to come back for the spring game and we ended up doing uh, Josh's um, golf tournament, but I was able to spend a lot of time with, with the guys, man. And one of my, the biggest things I love about this group is how close they are. I mean, this, this is a tight knit group. I mean, they are kicking it together. They're spending time together. And, um, you know, we, we had a lot of that continuity, but I, I was really impressed, you know, as a former player, seeing how tight these guys were and they, they roll as a pack. And um, that's one thing that I immediately like noticed about them. And I think like you nailed it. They got a lot of returning talent here. I think the offensive line is going to be really strong. Um, you know, got to stay healthy. But um, for this first game tonight, I really would like to see them not just, you know, giving Hendon Hooker time, but establish that run game up front with Jabari and um, really kind of imposing their will. Um, and, and building that identity. I mean, we haven't really talked about it, but I think for this first game, one of the biggest things is building your identity because um, you've been working all off season, but this is the first step and it's not going to look the same at the end of the season, but you want to be trending in the right direction. So for me, I want to see him get up, play some smash mouth, smash mouth football and move some people up front. I mean, this is a veteran core. They've got a lot of talent. Um, I think Jerome Carvin's, Phenomenal. I mean, he did a fantastic job last year, along with Cooper, Darnell. Um, I think it's a great group, man, and they're tight. They're tight-knit. So it'll be really cool to see. I think you're going to open up a lot of holes for Jabari and guys like – I think Dylan Sampson's going to come in there and impact um, early. Um, and I think they're going to give Hendon time, man. I, I just want to see him stay healthy. Um, but as far as like a tight-knit group, I mean, that's – you were saying this earlier when we talked about Ball State where you were like, well, the, you know, the tackles – the tackles are returning, so that's usually better. But the interiors, we like for me, it's it's all five. Five is one. You know, you got to have five dudes playing as one. If the if the interior's off and the outside's good, it's it's not going to work. So um, you just want to see them out there communicating, pointing out. And uh, I think it's a great group, man. I really do. And they're excited. Um, this offense has got a lot of momentum. They got a great dude behind them that can sling it around. They got some talent on the uh, the edge, wide receivers, and they got some dudes that can tote the rock. So. I think it's going to be a good year, man. I think I really do want to see them come out, though, and establish that physicality up front and start building that identity. And I think any O-lineman would say that about any former team. Probably, you know, you ask Ramon, you ask anybody. That's that's what, what I'm looking for. You know, there can be some mess-ups here and there, but let's get out there and impose our will. Ramon Foster will be making an appearance, probably a couple appearances on this podcast as the season goes on. Looking forward to that. And you're exactly right. Last year against Bowling Green, I'm pretty sure both Tyon Evans and Jabari Small ran for over 100. Um, 
they just ran and ran and ran. And, and that was that was great to see. Uh, let's flip back over to defense, Todd. You know, you played this position a little bit yourself. Um, two, and you mentioned it just a moment ago, two veteran safeties, Jalen McCullough, who started, you know, really since I guess like game four or five of his freshman season, and uh Trayvon Flowers, who has literally been here since 2018. He's been here a long time. Those two guys have played so much football. Um, they're experienced, they've seen a lot, they they know what's going on. How important at, at the secondary as a whole for your two safeties to have to be veterans like that, to have a lot of playing experience because you know, talking about the offensive line with Jack, they all have to act as one. Same with the secondary. I think it helps that you have two guys that have been through the ringer a time or two back, uh, you know, back there at the at free and strong. Yeah, I think it's very important to have that experience. Like you mentioned, um, they both got early playing time as soon as they got to Tennessee, and now they're veterans. And, you know, I myself was able to play as a freshman, started as a freshman, and, uh you know, most of the time people consider the middle linebacker to be the quarterback of the defense. But, you know, safeties, you got to be in everything. You're in pass coverage. Uh, you got run responsibilities. Uh, you got to fill gaps. So, you know, coming in as a freshman, sometimes you're just trying to figure out what to do. And you kind of are a step behind when it comes to reacting to plays because you're thinking so much. But those guys have no excuse now. Um, they understand the game. They know whatever the mentality is. They know the ins and outs. They know the tactics. They know the X's and O's. So now it's executing. So now I think these these guys in the back end, one and two, Trey and Jalen, they can play. They can play fast. They can have fun. They can go out there without, you know, having to think about, oh, do I have to do this? Oh, do I have to do that? Uh, just because they've gotten so much exposure um, within the game and they understand that defense. And I think, you know, similar to what Jack said, I think that was huge of him saying, you know, five as one, uh, you know, it's the defensive backfield. Everybody's playing as one, but I think, you know, with the corners not being as experienced um, as the safeties that we have, you know, they look to them and they know I've got these guys behind me. Maybe I can be a little more aggressive and that's going to create more communication and uh, you know, more communication and more aggression means, means more plays getting made on the back end side. So I think experience is everything. You can't substitute it. I think these, both of these safeties are, are ready to go. I think they're giddy. I think, uh, you know, after having conversations with them, they want to make plays. They want to make tackles. Uh, you know, they want to make a difference. I think everybody talks about this offense, and, and they've heard that for a long time. So I think they're excited just to have the opportunity tonight and uh, and get it done. Yeah, I think it was um, it was one of those two guys they, when they talked to us uh, in a media setting a couple weeks ago. I want to say it was McCullough. He was like, listen – I just want to go make some plays. I want interceptions. No, it was Trayvon because, I mean, uh, Jalen had three last year, I think. I think it was Trayvon. He was like, I want to make plays. I, you know, I, I, I make tackles and all that, but I want to I want to get some picks. I want to get some, you know, create some bumbles, stuff like that. So uh, that's pretty unique that you were saying that. And of course, you always get compared to the offense. That's a really good point. I want to stay with you for just a second. The star position, the nickelback spot. I feel like you got to be a dog to play that, of course, because you're out there playing a little outside linebacker. You're back in pass. You're out on number two. You sometimes play in. Um, you're all over the place. You're, you're blitzing off the edge. Tamarian McDonald was one of the greatest stories of, of fall camp this year. He was not on my radar. He was not on anybody's radar, but took advantage of all the reps he got in spring and kind of went into camp as like the, the one guy because he was there. And, and he never gave it up. And transfer Wesley Walker is going to play this season. No worries about that. But – now, Tamari McDonald is the expected starter. 
Uh, what a story for him. But that that nickelback position, um, what, what's the mentality of that spot? I know you played it a time or two as well. What's 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 the uh, you know what type of guy do you have to be to play that spot? Well, to answer your question, I'll give you some names and you can fill in the blanks. Justin Coleman, Rashawn, Rashawn Gaudin, Theo Jackson. Yeah, I'm pretty sure all those guys playing in the league. So, uh, or at least experience some time in the NFL. So you mentioned the dog-like mentality. Uh, you got to be all in at that star position, at that nickel position, whatever the name for it may be, based on the scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're in that, you're in basically every run fit. Uh, you're in every pass coverage. You got to get it done. Um, you got to be fast. You got to be agile. You got to be ready to hit somebody. Uh, you got to do all things. And, you know, I think with McDonald coming in and making an impact at that position, um, he's earned it. He's worked for it. I love the guys. I love the stories that I hear about, you know, no one expected this person to be in this position. And he knows that. And he's worked his tail off. And he was in there in the weight room just like every other player. But he told himself, you know what? I'm going to prove myself. I know who I am. I know my worth. And now tonight we're going to find out. But when it comes to that star position, um, it's monumental to have somebody that can be in those run fits, not be afraid to get their nose dirty. And uh, they've also got to be able to, to, you know, help out in the back end too. So uh, it takes a special person. Obviously UT has been successful in having numerous amounts of, of, you know, successful stars playing at that nickel position. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you got to be ready to hit. You got to get the job. Yep. I, that was the thing about RG, man. That dude, he come down to hit you. Uh, <laughs> he was he wasn't going there. I think that that's a big part of it. You got to be able to come down and pop somebody, even if it's a big old guy like me running around bears on ice out there. Hey, hey, speaking of that, have you ever played in a uh, a temp? I mean, I know every offense can go tempo, but have you ever played in a a fast paced offense like Hypels? I mean, I don't think. You know, I mean, we try to amp up our speed and go fast with Josh at times, um, but not nothing like, I mean, nothing that's like the, the the time for play they're doing. I mean, they're moving. Honestly, it, sometimes you want to, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a coach. So like, but that's one thing I think about with Ball State is like, how do we control and dominate, but also not just run it up and keep our uh, defense on the field the whole time and, and moving forward to for the rest of the season. But I think that's kind of hard to judge with a team like Ball State. Um, but I love it. I think it gives us a competitive edge, uh, being able to go up and down the field quick. Um, but I haven't, I don't, I haven't done it. I can't say that I've done it as fast as we did some two minute, you know, we go through it yeah. like that. And a lot, we had a lot of games where we were in those situations, but, uh, I mean, they're moving, they're moving sure, up I mean, and down. I'm, I'm young enough to remember. I mean, you go and you, you spend all off season conditioning, conditioning, you go into camp, you scrimmage a little bit and everything, but I don't care how good a shape you're in. That first game smacks you in the face. It does every single year. But I feel like with this tempo, and I've heard this a little bit too, Like I feel like they go faster in camp than they do actually in the season because a lot of times you got to stop, check with me, look over and all that type of stuff. I, I just I, I wonder for, for an offensive lineman how long it kind of takes to – to kind of get in that that shape and and feel comfortable in that top of t- that that style of, of offense, I feel like it's a, it's a pretty long like learning curve. Well, I mean, I think it's just getting used to it. You see a guy like Cooper Mays who's kind of mastered pushing that pedal. Um, I think it's kind of getting into that rhythm, being in sync with each other. And uh, but it, you know, <laughs> like you said, it, you're you're always 
I mean, you're an O-lineman. Like, I don't care if you're a guy that's running a slower offense or a faster, more fast-paced offense. I feel like O-linemen are always kind of tired. Like, I was always breathing heavy. It didn't matter what we were really doing. <laughs> um, it's just having that kind of mental toughness to go go for it the next play. But I think, yeah, like you said, I mean, we've been in the Tennessee humidity, pushing the tempo. It's year two. got to think that we're going to be coming out of here moving really fast. Um but they'll get, they'll be fine, man. I, like, like I, I love Cooper at center, man. I think he does a great job of kind of pushing that tempo. He's a scrapper. And they all went through this last year, so you got to think too that there's been probably some things that, you know, a, a guy like Jerome Carvin may have thought I need to do this in the off season. You know, I need to do this or that. So they've already been through round one of kind of going through this offense. But yeah, I definitely think it's going to be an advantage. You know, we just got to uh, keep pushing that, keep pushing that tempo and. It's just hard when you start to think about like the balance between going really fast and keeping your defense and scoring points and keeping your defense off the field. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to go put points on the board. I don't think you can kind of you know slow down for anybody. Yeah, there were a couple of games last year where the defense was like 101, 93, 95, and that's that's not great, but it's just it's part As of it. As an O-lineman, though, there's nothing better than going out there and hitting a big one on the first or second down. Oh, um, yeah. You hate, you hate to TK and then we're probably like, God, I mean, they're excited, but like there's nothing better than hitting those shots. So um, I think we'll have a lot of big plays, too. I think that's a big part of our offense. I think we got a lot of big play opportunity between our wide receivers and uh, our running back. Um I'm excited. Cool. All right, guys, we just got a couple of minutes left, so I, I want to ask you one more, Jack, while I got you on the big screen. Uh, Darnell Wright, you've been around a lot of good offensive linemen. Darnell Wright flipped that switch last year. looked really good. Dog. Now going back from left to, 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 to right to where he's more comfortable, I think he's a guy that could be in the NFL, you know, maybe after this season potentially. Um, you know, how good is he? What was different about Darnell Wright in your eyes last year than maybe his first two years? Man, I think it's – you know, he's been through it, you know, he's been going through it. He's matured as a, as a player. And, uh, you know, as a man, I think I've been around Darn. I love the way he carries himself. Um, yeah, I think he's physical. I think he's, I think he's going to be locked down at right tackle. And like you said, I think he's going to have a great chance to, to have a, uh, to further his football career. Um, but yeah, I think he's a solid anchor. One of the, for me over the past, probably six, seven, eight years, probably one of the strongest tackles we've had coming back into the season, um, I think he's a player and I think he's going to lock it down and, and, and like Jerome Carvin, man, he is, I watched a lot of his play last year. And, never gets um, enough credit. Ne never gets enough credit. And, and I'm an O-line Homer. Um, usually when they're talking O-line, that means it's bad. So you don't want them talking anything, but, uh, I think Jerome, man, I think he's, I think he's a leader. He's physical. He's going to, he's durable. And, um, I think he'll also end up having a great career and, um, you know, along with these other guys, but I think those two Cooper, we got a solid group. Um, I know we got some question marks, I guess on the left, the left side, but uh, that's ball state. I th that's one of the things I'll be looking for in ball state, see what's happening there. And um, see who's getting reps in and uh, move forward from it. But yeah, man, Jerome Carvin, he, he's kind of slept on. He's, he's a tremendous asset. He's a leader. They got a veteran group, man. I'm excited. Three yards in a cloud of dust, man. I just want to see him pound it. And um Really expose, uh, really expose Ball State, and you know, just dominate the line of scrimmage. All right, it sounds like you guys are both ready to roll. Uh, last thing, closing remarks, Todd. What are you expecting tonight? Give, hey, give me a score prediction. I'm going to ask you. All right, and and I'm going to hold a score prediction and something I did last year. I called it a 
uh, a, a hot take or a bold prediction, something that's going to happen in this football game where you could say, hey, Trayvon Flowers is going to have a pick, you know, something like that. Give me score prediction and a, and a bold prediction. Okay, score prediction. Um, I'll say Vols, 45, Ball State, 20. Dang, man, you're giving them 20? I think they might pick up a, a late touchdown or something like that. Um, and then bold prediction. My boy Alante was the cookie monster last year. This year, it's my, my other fraternity brother, Cedric Tillman. So I think he'll have two two touchdowns in the first game. Everybody will go get to get to go get some free cookies, and they didn't even pay me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right, all right, Jack, give me a score prediction and a bold prediction for tonight. Yeah, I think um, I think our defense is going to come to play. Um, I think it'll be around. I like the like 45, 45 to seven. Mm -hmm. I think that that could be it. Um, maybe 45 three um but a big play um i was gonna go with hendon hooker throwing a couple touchdowns that's kind of it's kind of copying you there i think i don't know if he's gonna get a ton of playing time but um i think Jabari, jabari small is gonna have a big day and i hope i hope and i think uh dylan sampson's gonna compliment him well and maybe have a couple big plays but uh i think jabari small is gonna have a hell of a day Boys, hey, first week, this was awesome. I think uh, I think you guys knocked it out of the park. Uh, can't thank you enough, Jack Jones, Todd Kelly Jr., for being our quote-unquote gu guinea pigs to get this podcast off and rolling here on game day. But uh, awesome stuff. We'll definitely have you back on, and I uh, appreciate it. Have fun tonight in this season. I know it's pretty special watching the University of Tennessee play every Saturday for you guys. Eric, thanks for having us, man. This was awesome. I love it. I've got goosebumps over here, man, talking about running out of the tee. I'm excited. I know, Love I know. It. Yeah, my, my son, my son, 10, it's his first game he gets to see. So uh, I'm excited for him. It'll be good. Awesome. Awesome. Boys, thanks so much, man. Enjoy tonight. Thank All right. You. Thanks, Eric. All right. That was Jack Jones and Todd Kelly Jr. Really, really great stuff there. And uh, uh, the perfect way to kick off uh, this new era of uh, Tennessee football here, the new season of 2022. Uh, Tennessee football tonight against Ball State, 7 o'clock on the SEC Network. And, of course, Tennessee picked up a major win even before the season started on Friday of last week when Brew McCoy was announced uh, eligible by the NCAA, the transfer from Southern Cal of USC, and uh, just a, a a huge, huge get for Tennessee because, you know, it kind of got sticky there towards the end. It was, it was supposed to be a non-issue the entire summer, and then, you know, with the NPO talk and USC not signing it and Tennessee having to backtrack and go to the NCAA, and, you know, when it's in the NCAA's hands, you never you never have a good feeling about it. But Brew McCoy eligible and will play tonight and had just an incredible fall camp. Uh, yeah, I've, I've mentioned this on the board, I think, or maybe in the chat. I mentioned it somewhere. But I was talking to an assistant coach last week, and uh, you know the, the, that coach pretty much said, you know, what we thought we what we thought we knew what we were going to get in Brew McCoy, and it's been like that times five in fall camp. And so they're blown away about what he's done, how he's adapted to the scheme, to the system. And uh, he's going to be the wide receiver starting opposite of Cedric Tillman, in my estimations, uh, without a doubt. So uh, that's great news for the volunteers. We're loaded with content all day long. You've already seen a lot of it. we got plenty more coming the rest of the day. We're going to be on the GQ. Check us out there. 
uh, dial into the board, dial into the front page, follow us on YouTube, um, follow us on Twitter at VolQuest underscore Rivals. So don't miss a thing here on this game day. Game day coverage all day long. Great stuff on the front page and uh, really, really do appreciate it. Big shout out to the Volunteer Club. That's, of course, powered by Spire Sports for making this all possible. This has been the VFL's Player Lounge, and I am Eric Kane.